Wait, is this season two? I wasn't even ready yet. So, so what? Do I just insert a hot take here or something? My LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to repeat, but they are going to play the Knicks in the Eastern Conference Championship, and the Jets are going to be in the Super Bowl. I don't get much hot take in that. My take that, take that, take that. My Brooklyn's down, baby. Brooklyn's down. My Good afternoon, and welcome to a special edition of the Mike T Sports Podcast. I am your host, the one and only talent, T. Taylor. It's a great day today. It is May 4th, as, 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 as the Star Wars aficionados, maybe we'll call them the Star Wars nerds, just to be a little bit politically incorrect. But as the Star Wars nerds would say today, may the 4th be with you. But we're not here to talk about any kind of force or any kind of force or any kind of thing unless it's about NBA playoffs. It's even baseball, NHL, even a little bit of boxing we're going to try to touch in today. Because listen, today's one of them days. Listen, we even got the Kentucky Derby coming around the corner. So you know what I say, you know what I say, you know what I say. Regardless of the time and regardless of the weather, it's always a good time to talk some sports. So... Let's start talking. Woo! Back at it like a sports fanatic. You already know how you already know how today goes. We <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna start off kind of odd. As I told you today is May 4th. We had about 86 degree 86 degree day here for you in South Florida. Also, in case you don't realize it, it is 3 30 in the afternoon. I'm bringing you a new time. I'm even bringing to you on a new day. This it's Thursday. That's it. Which makes me realize that that tomorrow happens to be Cinco de Drunco, Cinco de Mayo, and I am 100% off of work. I mean, oddly, or unfortunately. I do have to work on a Saturday, but I don't have to work tomorrow. Which means that at old drunk 30, I can start my drinking. And I can get my things on and popping. More so, more so, more so, more so. I really want to talk some folks. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I had a whole show built up for you guys today. And before, I didn't, but then before they, before, before the show started, as, as we all coming from a, a remote location with you today, before the show started, I happened to engage in a conversation, right? So we're we gonna go there a little bit before we talk what we want to talk about. I, I engaged in a conversation about LeBron James, Isaiah Thomas, and the NBA. And the Miami Heat at that too, and Dwayne Wade. And the NBA on how they're going. Now granted, as, as, as I told you guys before, I live down here in South Florida, so I am constantly getting what is considered like the flood of, of Heat fans, the flood of Dolphin fans, the flood of Marlin fans, right? As all of them can be talked about on a day like today. <clears throat> so here goes the conversation that got starts off today. Is that they, they start to ask me about how Isaiah Thomas is doing. How Isaiah Thomas is doing. We gonna see. <laughs> and <clears throat> quick, very quickly, I can say the only way I can say is like, Isaiah Thomas is balling. Isaiah Thomas is balling. And what I consider this is his coming out party. The next, the next question that was provided to me is this. Ah, oh, he's balling. 
Do you think he's going to beat Cleveland or beat Cleveland? Oh, actually, I'm lying. I told him you were balling for now, which brought up the question, so do you think they're going to beat Cleveland? And I told him, I don't think anybody's going to beat Cleveland. Because if you heard the beginning of the podcast, if you heard the opening of the show, which I, I have to admit, it has to be excruciated to hear what I have. Like, listen, if you're still listening to me after all of this time, after this whole entire season, 30 straight episodes. Yes, we're on episode 30 of season two. But 30 straight episodes of me saying the Knicks are going to make it into the Eastern Conference Championship and that the Jets are going to play in the Super Bowl. And you're still here listening to me. Then kudos to you. You are the real MVP because I don't know if I'll still be listening to me after that. <laughs> I, seriously, I would have thought something was wrong with me. So, I mean, something is wrong with me, but I thought something was more. <laughs> So, we're talking about Isaiah Thomas, I'm like, and, I, and I'm telling him straight up, Isaiah Thomas has, is balling for now. And it's no, you can't deny what Isaiah Thomas is doing, but they're not, they're not going to beat Cleveland. And I don't want to bury my lead, I'm not, so I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to talk about later on. But they're not going to beat Cleveland. And as, as, as I don't think any team should beat Cleveland. And, and, I, and, I, and I said to myself, listen, this is Isaiah Thomas' coming out party. Uh, at the end of the day... What this is for Isaiah Thomas is this is Isaiah Thomas's come out party, coming out party. If you didn't know who Isaiah Thomas was before the playoffs, then you were being introduced to IT4. If you didn't know who Isaiah Thomas was before he came into the Boston Celtics, then basically right now in the postseason you are being introduced to. If you didn't know who Isaiah Thomas was when he was basically the third backup, when he was the third string point guard for the Phoenix Suns. Then this right here is Isaiah Thomas's coming out party. If you still ignored Isaiah Thomas during the season when he was putting up MVP caliber numbers to be brought into that conversation, then this is his coming out party. Because what people don't remember, which I want to, I, want, I do want to remind you guys, it, it has no relevancy. But if you if you know your basketball, which which, which a lot of people I hope I talk to, I hope they do, which I realize in this conversation that I happen to be the person with the most basketball knowledge here. In the conversation I was having earlier. But if you're unaware who Isaiah Thomas is, then you guys don't realize that for the last couple of years, right after... See, and this is how long Isaiah Thomas has kind of been in the league. That Isaiah Thomas has been in the league long enough for the Knicks to be ran by the great point guard for the Detroit Pistons, Isaiah Thomas. As GM or, basketball, or president of basketball operations. Do you guys remember that? Do you guys remember when Isaiah Thomas, the GM was ran out of New York, or was running New York, do you guys remember that? Do you remember during the time that he was running New York, or shortly after the time he was in New York, and Isaiah Thomas came to play in the Garden? Now I'm talking about Isaiah Thomas that plays for the Celtics. Do you remember what happened? We booed him. The New York Knicks fan base booed Isaiah Thomas, the current basketball player, simply because, the only reason they did is because he is named after Isaiah Thomas, the legend. The great Isaiah Thomas, the champion from Detroit. Because of how we felt that he had ran the Knicks organization with getting rid of Jamal Crawford and and Zach Randolph and David Lee and Jared Jeffries. Yeah, that was under that watch. But now look at it. Not only is everybody now praising Isaiah Thomas, but also from that time period, in a way, in a way, in a way. Everybody now is also praising Coach D'Antoni. 
because I kind of wanted to touch on that. And it's, and it's really weird, like, because this is, this is a lot of barbershop talk. You need to get some barbershop talk because this is where this conversation was coming from. So, I introduced them to Isaiah Thomas, and I let, and I let them know, listen, this is how, who Isaiah Thomas was. Now, is he going to beat LeBron James? No, he shouldn't beat LeBron James, as nobody should beat LeBron James. Because how many top five picks does LeBron James need on his team that, to guarantee that he's going to win? Because that's exactly what he has done. How many do you say? There is a lot. Starting from Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love. We're talking, uh, what's his name, what's his name? Kyrie Irving. And the list just goes on and on and on. But let's not forget, I, I've said this right here on this, own, uh, on this very own podcast. When he is locked in, J.R. Smith is definitely a top 10 shooting guard. He could be considered a top 5 shooting guard. Because he is one of the few guys that can play both ends of the port. He can, he can drive to the lane when he needs to. He can shoot from 30 if he ever really needed to. And he can defend with his athleticism. And we're kind of seeing that in these playoffs. And we've kind of seen this ever since he's been, he's been rekindled with a winning culture. And, and, and that's what I want to make more important. Not since, he's, not since he's gone over to LeBron James, but since he has been rekindled with a winning culture. Because that's what was missing from him for part of his time in New York. Is that not all of those years were competitive. But during his time in Denver, he had, he had competitive streaks. Or he, had, he was on competitive teams that allowed him to flourish. You guys, I guess you're starting to realize that Melo really needs a good system. Melo's at a point in time where it's like he doesn't want to follow a good system because the system isn't working anymore. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. So here we go, we continue this conversation. I'm telling you, this is about to take up the whole first, the first, whole first section of the show, and I did not mean to, but this is what happens when you decide to have a barbershop conversation before you come on the air. You'll get all kinds of new material that you need to talk about. So, yes, I do feel that LeBron James should be winning a championship this year based off all the pieces that he has. Like I said, it is the Kyrie, it is Kyrie Irving, it is J.R. Smith, it is Kevin Love, it is Tristan Thompson, it is Darren Williams, it is, it, it is um, Jason Richardson, you know, who's, who's just an ultimate professional. It is, just, who is it, James? You understand? It, it is these slew of guys that he keeps adding on to this team to help, to help them be better. How much better do, does he need to get? I, I, I don't know, but LeBron James should not should never lose a championship while he's in the NBA because you guys have said this. He is the king. He is the king. He is LeBron James. He is the best player in the world. He is <coughs> Lion King James. That's exactly who he is. Lion King James. I think that's how I'm going to name him. Lion King James. Not lion like L-I-O-N, but lion like L-Y-I-N-G, or lion like L-I-E-I-N-G. Yes, lion, or oh, sorry, laying. L-A-Y-I-N-G is what I meant. <laughs> yes, those two kinds of lions. Whether he's a liar or he's laying, because sometimes he lays on the ground and he lies saying that he got fouled. Lion King James. <clears throat> but he shouldn't lose. He shouldn't lose because he is that great. And, and let's not be, let's not forget that I know this is a time that we that everybody is talking about what LeBron James is doing in the playoffs and how he's passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and how he's passing all these other greats and how he's felt to pass Michael Jordan as basically this season. You forget at the beginning of this at the beginning of this season for this show, we sat down and we and I told you LeBron James keeps with this pace. 
keeps up this pace that he is right now, averaging just about 25 points a game, averaging just about 2,000 points per season, he will be the all-time leading scorer in the NBA within the next four to five years. It was five years before the end of the season started. Now it's going to be four years if he continues his pace. Not only that, LeBron James is going to get $50 million per year by the time, see, by the time he's done with his career. Not only that, whenever LeBron James signs his next long-term contract, that will be the end of LeBron James' career. We're actually going to talk what we want to talk about. What we actually came in here to talk about when we came into the show. But for right now, we're going to head into a commercial break from our sponsor. Where we're actually doing the remote location from Multivest Games. Play it. Ripped off by those other guys, then head down to Multivest Games and get the value you deserve. Multivest. Find them at 830 183rd Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 33169. Located just five minutes from Tootsie's and Sun Life Stadium in the plaza, across from Snappers. Multivest Games. Save more, play more. <laughs> And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. If you are still listening, and I appreciate you listening live on the MixLR app, which we will be going away from shortly. But, you know what I say? Thank you. If you're not listening today, that means you're listening tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. Which means that you're probably listening through TuneIn Radio or through SoundCloud. Just also know, I am going to cut all of your problems out, mic adjustment, very, very shortly. Because you know what? I am going to find you guys a complete centralized location for everything. You want to access my Twitter? I'm going to get you something for that. You want to access my Facebook? I'm going to get. I'm gonna put out on one central location. You want to access my playlist? We're going to get that too. You want to access me? Well, I don't come for free. You may have to pay for me. You have to pay to touch my body. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> So, now that we've gone on our barbershop LeBron rant, which I cannot, I'm not, I'm not even done yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm not even done yet because part of this conversation was how the how, how how the Heat fans down here, and this show may have to come a whole other time. It really came down to that Heat fans are a little bit upset of how LeBron James left, and then it comes into the and this is where I realized I was the James. I'm going to take my time. Clarify this. Because the Lion King, LeBron James. I'm going to take my talents to South Beach. Because I'm the best player in the world. I have a huge basketball IQ. When he decided to leave Cleveland, or leave Miami, it it was his own, like, granted, it was on his own right and own accord. The same way how he came to Miami. Which I, I guess Miami fans don't realize that you got him the same way that he left. You got him because he was a whiny little... That's how you. That's how you lost him, because he he, his franchise, but also his teammates, and also for his pockets and for his, his team, his franchise, but also his teammates, and also for his pockets and for his family. 
So let's, go, let's, let's get back on track. They may, they may not understand what the opt-out meant. That they understand that LeBron James had a five-year contract, but only four of those years he needed to obligate because it was a four-and-one. It was a four-year contract. It was a four. It was a five-year contract. Four-year team option. One-year player option. Which means that after you've done their job for four years, you could decide if you still want to work for this employer or if you want to go to another employer in the same market, doing the same exact thing and do, earning whatever you're possibly earning to kind of start over from scratch. It's kind of what he did in Cleveland. Except he didn't really start over from scratch. He made sure that these guys put in, put in all the necessary pieces that he, thought was, that, he, that he thought was going to be necessary for him to win a championship. Like top five pick Kevin Love. Like top three pick, well, he was uh, Kyrie Irving was already there. Tristan Thompson was already there. And the top pick, like Darren Williams. So, we know... We know that this wasn't really something that he, that he should be penalized for. It's just, the, it's just the optics of it. It's just the way that he goes about handling his business. So, yeah... LeBron James will become, will in the next five years, if he keeps up his pace, be the all-time scoring leader. LeBron James will, by the, time this, by the time this contract is over, by the time his career is over, he will at least make $50 million in one year. And if he keeps this up, LeBron James may get another, he, well, he's going to have to get another couple of rings out of this. And he's still going to be behind Kobe and Michael Jordan. And... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Elgin Baylor, and Oscar Robinson, and Wilt Chamberlain, and, yes, all of them. He's still behind all of them. Still a top ten. He's just behind a few people. And I know what people are saying. LeBron James never really had the caliber help, but who has LeBron James really made better? Like, this is a conversation for a whole other time, but who has LeBron James really made better? Seriously. When it came to Miami and any 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 team that with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, did you really make them better? Because last time I checked, Dwayne Wade and Miami Heat was already a franchise, was a championship caliber franchise. Granted, Kyrie Irving didn't know how to win, but that's what LeBron James does. He he, he helps a team win. I don't know if he helps a person get better because I haven't seen Kyrie Irving do anything that he didn't do before LeBron James. Kyrie Irving has always been the scoring machine. Kyrie Irving was always averaging over 27 points. You forget Kyrie Irving always could shoot a three-point. You forget Kyrie Irving was already a three-point contest winner. He just couldn't do it all himself to win games. As the point guard of a Cleveland team that didn't put any kind of talent around him. They were willing to suffer through however many drafts it was before they actually got somebody good. So, we're going to transition into, I, I want to make it sound like I'm just going to sit over, I'm sitting over here judging LeBron James all the time. Right? Cause I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not judging anybody. So, we're going to move on because I don't want to keep talking about him. Right? Last, week, last, last week, I told you about, I told you guys, that I've been doing a thing where I was testing out a couple of apps. And one of the apps I decided to look at was the MLB app. And one of the things, one of the major things I noticed about the MLB baseball app is that they give you a free game every single day. So it may not be your team, but you at least get to see some kind of baseball game every single day. And it will help you get to, you know, help your knowledge in, in, in baseball because you're seeing a variety of teams constantly playing. 
So, I'm telling my mother last year, or, or, or recently, because she's the one I do my demo, my demo testing off of, right? I actually say I told my mother. I asked my mother if she knew who the name Derek Jeter was, right? And she didn't, which is okay. Which means that I don't continue to tell her that Derek Jeter is about to buy the, uh, the Miami Marlins. Or he's part of a group that got approved for the, for, to bid on buying the Miami Marlins. But what I did ask my mom about, right, what I did end up telling my mom though, even though she didn't know who Derek Jeter was, I told my mom about this guy that, that, that the New York Yankees have. This six foot seven guy. This six foot seven, 200 an 80-something pound guy. I told my mother about... Yeah. No. I told my mother about him. I told you, we're at the barbershop today. We were in a remote location. We're at the barbershop. So every once in a while, we may get interrupted by... by, by listen, and, and I, I am in... I am in a very colorful, very, very colorful location. Down here in South Florida, in Miami Gardens, Florida. But literally, I can see the Dolphin Stadium from where I'm at. Yes, yes, I can. That's how close I am to it. Like, I can see Dolphin Stadium from where I'm at. I'm five minutes from the stadium. I'm five minutes from Stadium Diner. I'm 15 minutes from the Stadium Hotel. <laughs> but we're that close. I'm less than I'm less than ten minutes away from Tootsie's on the same street. You're right there. So back to Major League Baseball. So here I am, and I'm asking my mother if she knows who this guy is. This six foot seven guy, this two hundred eighty five pound guy that the Yankees happen to have as a rookie, named Aaron Judge, and she tells me no. Well, okay. Well, not actually. She tells me no. Told me no on Derek Jeter. But I tell her about this guy. And, hey, you know what? The Yankees got this guy that he may be able to be the face of the franchise for the next ten years or so. They may have found their guy to replace Derek Jeter because now, now I can mention Derek Jeter back to her because now she can. You know, I had to give her the quick, the quick background, the quick rundown, a quick little history lesson of who El Capitan was, right? So as that happens, and I tell her about this guy, Aaron Judge. Less than 30 minutes later, Major League Baseball passes out its monthly awards. And who is sitting on top of the awards for April for Rookie of the Month? Yes, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. But as of yesterday, the Yankees were tied with the Orioles with a 16-9 record. As of right now, the Yankees sit atop number one, all alone, sitting in number one. So their record now is 17 and 9 over the last 26 games. Well, yeah, over the last 26 games, they are 25 Last time I checked, two and a half games ahead of the despicable Boston Red Sox. 
And we're going to talk about them a little bit later. And then we're going to apologize. <laughs> right? This is 12 home runs in 26 games. Last night, they played the 9-18 and Toronto Blue Jays. Who are now 9-19? But not only is Aaron Judge sitting there amongst, on top of all rookies, which, listen, you understand it's a long season. We're talking about 182, 184 games. Sorry, 162, 164 games, something around that ballpark figure. I just know it's twice as many as the NBA. So, we understand that Aaron Judge not really, not really knowing the league so much not being able to being able to go through the 160 game crucible that he may fall off but if he doesn't if he doesn't and you're talking about a rookie that for the rest of the season has the possibility of being an MVP talks six foot seven 285 pound Aaron Judge but while we're talking about the Yankees, we're, we're talking baseball all in all. And there's some things that's happened in baseball. And nothing more than what's come from our despicable rivals, the Boston Red Sox. I mean despicable. Despicable, despicable, despicable. Everything about them is despicable. Right? And, and, I'm, and I do mean it from the, from the bottom of my heart. Like, like Boston, New England, that whole area. I, I just want to take one big, massive... All over them. <laughs> right? So Boston so so the Boston Red Sox have a matchup against 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 who is it? Witty? Whistling matchup against Baltimore Orioles? I believe so. And during the during the Orioles and during the Orioles game versus versus the Red Sox. There were some racist comments that were being that were being tossed around or being thrown around and being aimed at a particular player. That player being Adam Jones. But not only were they tossing around racist comments, they also decided to toss peanuts onto the field as if he is some peanut eating monkey. Which is which anybody that knows me knows that the moment I felt that he was being compared to any kind of primate, I was Perpetually pissed beyond pissivity because there's nothing I find there's nothing I found more disrespectful, especially listen. That N word has always been around, it's always going to be around, it's been around for a really long time. That N word has, has as much meaning as you could possibly give to it. Now, granted, when I hear when I hear somebody off colored use the N word, do I quickly turn my head at them and give them a good once up and down to, to see if they if they are certified or if they should even be even uttering some, the, 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 that kind of verbiage out of their mouth? Yes, you are 100% damn right, I do. As of any motherfucker that got, sorry. There we go. See, I'm getting, getting way too pissed. Dirty, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely do. I definitely will size up that person and 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 check their credentials. Now, this is one thing I and but more than anything. I also look at most people that use the N-word. Okay. No, I'm black. I look at most people that ever use the, that, that has ever called me nigger. Right? Or, or call people nigger. I kind of look at them and I'm like, oh, wow. Finally, the true nigger has popped up. 
because if you if you if you think the word nigga in, in its in its in its full form of of somebody that is that lacks knowledge that can be a little ignorant at times or, or, or any of the words that, that are used to describe them guess what the moment you come out your mouth and call somebody a nigger that makes you as big as a nigger as anybody as, as the person that you're calling it makes you a bigger nigger than them you're a bigger nigger for calling somebody a nigger I'm just saying it's kind of how I look at it but if you throw some peanuts at me and I think that you're calling me an ape, a monkey, a chimpanzee, a baboon, or any kind of primate, I don't know if I just don't see red and I lose all kinds of composure and next thing you know, I am doing the tap dance of life all over your face. It's just kind of how it goes. We're going to touch more into this baseball topic and then continue to move on when we come back from break. My Sports Podcast, Talent Detailer, Mix Along. I use Twitter to learn about and share what people are doing to make the world a better place. I'm interested in everything related to space, but also scuba diving, piloting aircraft. Anything electronics and photography. We're interested in music, news, and funny people. The best way of finding out what my guests are up to before they come on my show is to follow them on Twitter, which is exactly what I do. I follow Green Day on Twitter because I always like to keep up with what they're doing. They're my favorite band. I want to stay up to date on fashion news, so I follow XL.com and at Women's Wear Daily. I like to follow my own girl, Martha Stewart. Because Martha Stewart, she keeps it scudded and buttered, baked and flaked, and she loves to wake and bake with the big Snoop Dogg. You feel me? It's always good for us to know what people want, and, and I use um, I use Twitter as that, you know, as, uh, as a way of learning what I should do, um, what fans want, um, because you know they're the best critics. I can talk to the fans; they can talk back to me. Fights they want to see, things I'm doing wrong, how stupid I am, whatever the deal might be, I can communicate directly with our fans through Twitter. We really like to keep tabs with our other partners in conservation, the other zoos and aquariums here in North America. I'm using Twitter to send pictures and thoughts from space, and every day... What? This is the kind of thing that happens in... And it was very quickly said, and very quickly reminded that, you know what? This is the kind of thing that happens in Boston. Like, New York pitcher C.C. Sabathia said, Listen, there's only about 60 or, 60 or so African Americans in Major League Baseball, and we have all always known for a fact that when you go to Boston, this is the kind of thing that, that happens in Boston. So, am I surprised? No, why would you be surprised for something that you really kind of expect to happen anyway. Now, as that happens, it seems that the Boston Red Sox have some issue with a different Orioles player named Manny Machado. For a slide from, I don't know if it was this year or last year, that not only did Manny Machado say that it wasn't intentional, that he, was, you know, he wasn't trying to injure anybody. I mean, granted, they're trying to do what most people do in that in that situ- 
excuse me, in that situation, that's break up a double play. But he had no malicious intent to try to injure anybody. Which is the opposite of what the Boston Red Sox did, I had with Manny Machado. As they spent the last couple of days throughout this, seat, throughout this series with them, throwing at Manny Machado's knees, throwing at Machado's ribs, throwing at Machado, Manny Machado's ribs, I mean hands, throwing at Manny Machado's head, doing any, anything you could possibly think of, and even hitting him, and yet still not easing up. Still continue, it's like basically, you know what? It's like, basically, basically it's, it's, it's your, old, it's like you hitting your younger, you hitting one of your older brothers, and you know what? Just to save face, you tell him to get a hit back. But instead of just hitting you back, Face stomp a mud hole in your ass and beat you to a bloody pulp. That's basically what the Red Sox are, are, are trying to do. They're going way overboard, way over the means that that should be needed for this kind of behavior. Now this is the part where I apologize because this was my sentiments yesterday when we was coming into the show. Today, we actually have actually have to tip our hat off to these guys. At least, at least the Boston Red Sox organization. And why is that that you ask? It is simply because the Boston Red Sox and Major League Baseball have all come out and not only said that this is unacceptable behavior from Boston and our fans, these Red Sox have gone as far as even to go ahead and permanently ban that fan from the stadium. But not only that, they banned the fan in the stadium that was using racial comments towards another fan. Which I am. Listen. And it again. And also, Major League Baseball has come out and said, you know what? No more of this police yourself kind of stuff. We're going to start policing you. If you don't cut out the stone at this guy, then you are going to start receiving much severer penalties than you would have in the past. Cut it out now. I'll feel my wrath. And it seems that they have cut it out. So, yeah, that's, there we go. We have Boston Red Sox, we have Baltimore Orioles, we have New York Yankees. They're all battled into one. We're, we're all rivals in some kind of way. I mean, Baltimore is closer to New York than Boston, than Boston actually is. You know what I mean? So, we, we get it. Like, we do get it. But listen, us as New Yorkers, or anywhere else, African Americans, you don't have to go to a place like Boston or any other backwater town and have to deal with this kind of mess in these day and ages. Listen, like, minorities as a whole have all, should all be treated more respectfully. And, and until that happens, we're going to keep getting this kind of backlash that we, that we get against the majority. And until the majority realizes what the hell is going on, then guess what? Majority, pretty soon you will get overran and become the minority. Talk about, talk about minorities, right? Oh, before we get into that, before we get into that, I just want to say... That on June 1st, I have been cordially invited to the graduation of Munchkin. My Munchkin. She graduates from kindergarten to first grade at 9 a.m. at her school. So I am RSVP in that. Yes, I had to, I had to let, I had to let Talia know. Sorry, Tiana. Talia's like, Talia's somebody else. I was about to say Talia's my stepdaughter, but I forgot. We're not together anymore. So... 
But Tilly is like a niece to me as well. So, continuing on to basketball and everything else, we, we move right into the WNBA because WNBA is about to start. And if you don't know, it's something, something I do want to remind you guys. You can get the WNBA League Pass for total year price at, I think it's $16.99, $24.99? Maybe $24.99 now. Could be $16. All I know is that you can follow your one team, or you can follow the whole, uh, follow the whole, the whole entire league, and for that, and for the price of, whether it's twenty dollars or twenty-five dollars, basically for the price of twenty-five and under, to get a whole entire season. Granted, I know it's very short; you don't get that many games, but you do get what I do consider some of the best quality basketball out there. Because you're talking about a bunch of people that have to play underneath the rim, and when you, when everybody's forced to play underneath the rim then guess what? Basically, everybody is forced to play fundamentally at that level. The reason why we bring up the NBA not now and the fact that they're still is because finally, the number one pick that we talked about, Kelsey Plum, she has made her preseason debut. Right? And, it, and, it is a, and it is the preseason, right? But she has made her season debut with the San Antonio Stars as, she, as her and her team went up against the Dallas Wing. And in under a minute of play, Kelsey Plum scores her first unofficial NBA game, because like I said, or WNBA game, as this was a preseason. But she scores her first point in a WNBA uniform with a three-pointer. Kelsey Plum would end up leading all scores with 19 points, and that's all scores on the floor. Whether it's for her team or the opposing team, she would lead all scores with 19 points as she... And she leads her team to a win, an 87-81 win, over the Dallas Wings. Now, now, granted, that this is just under 30 minutes of play, but also, she also played more minutes than anybody else. She also is a rookie. She is also going to get more burn than anybody else right now in this preseason, um, as far as her team goes, because they're trying to get her as acclimated into the system as, as humanly possible, because this, this is preseason. So that means that their regular season is right around the corner. As well as, at some point in time, it's probably going to be Olympic or international play or uh, whatever additional play that they, they usually end up taking off in between their season to go do elsewhere, which is the only one thing that's hard to watch about the WNBA, is that you don't get a chance to watch them all the way through, that they take a mid-season break to go be competitive elsewhere. And I, I don't know if that's always hurt them, or, or it could just be the fact that they're the WNBA and they're women's sports, or just the fact that they're in the summertime when there's not a lot to go on and they're kind of hard to find. I don't know. I really don't know. But WNBA is getting ready to start. Kelsey Plum is getting ready to make her debut. And she can easily turn around this team herself. As just remember, she was the NCAA all-time leading scorer in total points and in a regular seat and in a single game. So moving directly on, right, as we're talking basketball, we continue to talk basketball, we're going to continue to talk basketball, let's talk about these NBA playoffs, right? These NBA playoffs, let's start with the Western Conference, as we have the Golden State Warriors versus the Utah Jazz, and we bring that one up because that game is right now 1-0 Golden State, and it is basically going exactly how we thought it would, right? Wait. This is basically, basically, we, is, is, is Stephen Curry and the, and the Golden State boys 
playing Ring Around the Rosie, or they have these boys in Utah looking like they're playing a game of Ring Around the Rosie, as they are just, just, just working the ball all around them, shooting any kind of shots they want. And while Utah and the Clippers were a very good matchup, right, the only difference I could have seen the Clippers bring into this matchup would have been the history. And that's it. That's the only added thing that could have been added to this series by the Clippers, and that's the history. Because I don't see any other thing that the Clippers could have done that Utah isn't doing, outside of being a little bit more experienced. So this series, I'm, I'm, I'm giving respect to Utah in this one. Unlike what I'm going to be doing with Toronto later. But I'm giving respect with, with Utah in this one. And I am giving them, I am giving them six whole games so they can win a championship before they win this. And if they don't, then I guess we're going to see him. We're going to see, like, honestly, it, it, it probably will end up going in. Anybody else hear a ringing noise? Okay. <laughs> it will happen. Right? I mean, go say it's going to win. There is no doubt or no denying that Golden State will win this series. Golden State will go on to face who I'm going to assume now is Houston. Maybe. And they will go on to lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA Finals. I don't care how many people that you have. You understand? This is LeBron James. This is, what did we call him earlier? What did we call him earlier? The Lion King James. <laughs> this is his this is his jungle. And if you're not at the top of the food chain and you're being eaten. And you know what Golden State looks like? Golden State looks like a bunch of tigers and a bunch of cheetahs. I don't want <laughs> Maybe that's the wrong animal to tie them into. <laughs> but they look like a bunch of cheetahs. They look like a bunch of tigers right now. And while being a tiger is is usually very, very good in the jungle world. It's only good until you come across a lion. And that's what the Cleveland Cavaliers are. Like the Cleveland Cavaliers should change it into the Cleveland Lions. Go to see Tigers. Like, like that's what I that's that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. San Antonio Bears. <laughs> so we're gonna go through a break real quick. And when we come back, we're gonna finish talking NBA playoffs, basketball, NFL, anything underneath the sun, anything you can think of, anything you can think of. We're going to come back and talk. Okay, so maybe not going to commercial quite yet. Maybe, maybe, maybe the commercials... Aren't working. I mean, maybe we'll finish talking about Golden State. I mean, we already have finished talking about Golden State. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's just one of those weird days, man. One of those, one of those serious, seriously, seriously weird days. I told you, anything can happen when you when you're in a remote location. Just like how anything could happen when you're in the NBA playoffs, and you are trying to get to yourself or your franchise. It's sixth championship ring which is basically what is going on in San Antonio San Antonio right now has a daunting task 
of faced in Houston. And this is where the part of me that decided to wait to today is kind of happy. Because Houston jumped out to a 1-0 lead over the San Antonio Spurs. And that lead made it seem like the whole entire world was crashing down to San Antonio. Which, I, I don't want to say it's a, it's a gross over-exaggeration, but San Antonio did need to win game two to make sure that they were going to even be competitive in this series. Now granted, now granted, granted, granted. San Antonio happens to be one of those teams that when you see them lose a game one the way that they did, you expect them to be able to come back and make adjustments. Unlike Toronto, unlike Washington, maybe, unlike Utah, we expect San Antonio to be able to come back from losing their first game, especially since they lost that first game at home. We expect San Antonio to come out and make adjustments. Because if they didn't make adjustments, right, for that second game and win, not only would they be bounced out, but then would we still be able to call Greg Popovich as great as he is? Tony Parker, managing Ginobili, this whole entire squad? Would they be considered the level of greatness that they have if they weren't making adjustments to Houston? If they did fall to Memphis again, because Memphis just happens to be a really bad matchup for them at times. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more as we come back and finish up the last 10 minutes of the Mighty Sports Podcast. So, if you're stuck trying to figure out what to do on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, listen, stop worrying, stop thinking, this is what I'm going to tell you to do, on a Wednesday, head down to Capone's Nightclub, in downtown Fort Lauderdale, this is where you're going to check out my boy DJ Scepter, mixing in the lounge room, so you can start dancing, so you can and start, start drinking, or listen, you have to be an introvert, kind of like me at times, you can listen, start drinking, so you can start dancing, whatever you do, you make sure you do with DJ Scepter, this is every Wednesday, from 10pm to 4am, ladies, you bring your sexy, fellas, you bring your swag, it goes down at Capone's every single, every single Wednesday night, but listen, there is more, because this is Thursday, and you want to find out what's going on Thursday night, this is Thursday, May 4th, May the 4th be with you, but also, it also goes down at O'Connor's, yeah, Wednesday was O'Malley's, Tonight is O'Connor's. Oh, 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 me, oh, my, my. Yes, O'Connor's. It goes down from 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. every single Thursday. DJ Scepter still mixing it up now. And I'm, you know what? You know what? You know what? Friday's coming up. And nobody likes to be home on Friday. I know I don't. I get cabin fever. So you know what I do on Friday? I head out to Capone's on Friday. This is where I find my home with DJ Scepter. Mixing. Never lounge. O'Malley's was on Friday, Wednesday. O'Connor's was on Thursday. We have we have we have Capone's on a Friday. That's downtown Fort Lauderdale. Sorry, O'Malley's <laughs> is actually located on 441, right between World Palm Boulevard and Coconut Creek. O'Connor's is up there in Boca by Hillsborough. And if you need him on a Saturday, on Saturday, DJ Scepter likes to get a little bit more intimate. He likes to get a little bit more personal. Like this Saturday, you know what he's doing? He's playing the prom at a high school graduation. 
or whatever it is, high school prom. He's doing that. But tomorrow's also Cinco de Mayo. So you also know what he's doing this weekend? He's, he's going to be mixing some Cinco de Mayo mix. So anything you can think of, whether it's a birthday, bar mitzvah, quinceanera, bachelor or bachelorette party, you make sure you call DJ Scepter so he can put a royal touch on everything. And for bookings, it's too easy. Or for reservations, too easy. Just go to bookings. That's B-O-O-K-I-N-G-S at djscepter.com. That's bookings. B-O-O-K-I-N-G-S at djscepter.com. DJ Scepter. Pulling the wrong touch on everything. Go DJ. That's my DJ. Go DJ. That's my DJ. Go DJ. That's my DJ. Go, go, hey, hey. And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. You know your boy has no sense, but this is Talent T. Taylor, and you are listening to the Mighty Sports Podcast. If you're still listening, I mean, if you're listening on Mix a Law, or you're listening to TuneIn Radio, or you're listening on SoundCloud, wherever you're listening, or however you're listening, I do appreciate you taking the time to listen to me, as we are supposedly in the last segment of our show, but we're in the remote location today. So who knows what's going to happen? Who knows who's going to fly through the door? Who knows who's going to get interrupted today? But you know what? We don't have to know about any of that. What we do know is that the Houston Rockets and the, <laughs> the Houston Rockets and the San Antonio Spurs happen to be tied up 1-1 after what was a horrific, 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 horrific. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Horrifics. <laughs> Game in, in horrific playing game one. They they did not they, they did not look like the San Antonio Spurs that we have been watching for the last twenty years. But you did expect the San Antonio Spurs to be able to come out and make adjustments. It was a shocker. Like first game was a complete shocker. You can see the pace was, was was above them. You can see it was a game that allowed people to justify. Oh, San Antonio is too old. Oh, San Antonio plays too slow. But you know what? Maybe they're just too rested. And maybe they just didn't adjust fast enough. Because you know what happened in game two? In game two, the San Antonio Spurs come out. And James Harden doesn't go off like he did last time. Because you know why? They put the claw on him. And you know what happens when you get the claw on you? You shoot one for seven. You feel frustrated. You miss layups. You lose the ball driving to the lane. And you can't even complain to the officials because you knew it was all you. So the San Antonio Spurs, they adjust their whole entire offense, adjust their defense, put Marc Gasol, Paul Gasol, whichever Gasol, <laughs> into the lineup. They slow things down, they get rebounds, and they don't allow James Harden to beat them. And they come out with a victory to tie the series one-to-one. Now, unfortunately, in the midst of all of that, Bob Carter, Bob Carter, <laughs> in the midst of all of that they also lost the great Tony Parker let's try this again they lost the great Tony Parker yeah, 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 yeah. 
As Tony Parker is driving to the lane late into the game, he goes up for his routine floater, and when he comes back, he falls down clutching the opposite knee that he landed on. Which made me automatically realize that it wasn't the landing as everybody keeps trying to focus on. It was the takeoff. Why do you think he was looking at his leg all retardedly? He didn't land on that leg. But he felt it when he went up. I see he came out on the other leg. And he's look he's trying to make that first move and he's like, holy crap. I have nothing there. It was the push off leg. It was the lead leg. Talking about leads, right? I'm I'm gonna readjust. I'm gonna adjust something real quick. You know what? Let's do this. take you back in time into the segment where we was talking about Manny Machado, mm -hmm. the Red Sox, and what was going on with mm -hmm. this, this peanut scenario. Because it's something I wanted to bring up, right? While I'm listening to, to some sports talk radio, let's get this mic a little bit closer to me. As I'm listening to my sports talk radio, you know what? Let's do this. I'm going to hold this mic today. Yeah, I'm holding the mic today. As I'm getting ready to, as I'm listening to some sports talk radio, I quickly start to realize that people are calling in about, about the Adam Jones situation. And the one person that really happened to catch my eye or tickle my feathers or grind my gears, whatever one you want to call it, is some guy named Dino that called into the Allen Horn, the Horn, the, <laughs> the, uh, Allen Horn, Rick DiPietro, and Canton. So, Han Humpty, ah, there you go. Han Humpty and Cantor show, right? ESPN from 10 to 1. Right after Mike the Mike, right before Stephen A. Smith show. And some guy named Dino calls in. And Dino says, well, you know what? What if I'm some favorite civic guy? And, and, and you know what I'm confrontation is? And, and, and I see this guy here, and, he, and he's spewing out the racist comments. And I, and, and I don't want to be a confrontational guy. And let's see, I'm afraid that this guy may want to beat me up if I decide to confront him. What if I don't want to be conf confrontational? That, so you're saying that if you witness some kind of racist acts because you're afraid of being beaten up, that you won't even speak up. Dino, you're a coward. And if I was in the army with you while we were serving, you would have received friendly fire into the back of your neck. Because cowards like you do not belong anywhere on this planet, especially around, especially anywhere close to me, or anywhere I may want to reside. So you're telling me you you see a despicable act, and because hey, I'm no bigger than you, and they go just saying, you know, you could, you actually said that you were some five foot eight, like one hundred and seventy pound dude. I'm five foot seven, one fifty. And if I would have seen that, I would have said some something. But you're saying, oh no, no, let's not say anything. Like I'm not supposed to be this. I'm not supposed to be that. I didn't come here to be. Security. I didn't come here to be justice police. I didn't come here to be to be a social advocate. I didn't come here to make a stance. You don't. You know what? You you don't even have to confront him. Last time I went to Dolphin Stadium, they had a way that you can report people just by texting in, so you could do it inconspicuously, uh, inconspicuously, with nobody even you knowing it was you. But no, no, no. You can't even do that. You know why? You know why, Dino? Because not only are you a racist, your goddamn self, but you're also a fucking coward. And that's the only two words to describe you. You're a coward and you're a fucking racist. And most people that are racist are cowards anyway. So, we're just going to lump you into the racist coward category. 
Like RC Proham. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had, I had to be. I, I had to go back and and, and address that. I, I I couldn't gloss over that. Like that thing. When I initially heard that, that so pissed me off. Like he literally sat there and said, "You know what? I I I don't want the confrontation. Like I, you know what? What if what if this? What if I'm this? What if I'm this like some five foot seven guy? And he happens to be like so. So, so basically, you say like you don't even know. You're just you're just automatically saying that because I'm you just having to be some five foot seven guy. Now you're just not gonna even just try to think because this guy may have been six foot one. Who gives a fuck, Dino? Go last time I checked, you were a man. Why don't you go look in the mirror, check between your fucking legs, and see if you have a pair of fucking balls? How about that? Because right now you sound worse than Caitlyn Jenner and Donald Trump put together. We're gonna come back to the future. So I put my mic. I'm not even putting the mic down. So let's just let's just move on. Let's let's just completely move on. Right? Change the station. <laughs> I said change the station. Not laugh at me. So the, so the NFL draft just passed by, right? NFL draft was held in Philadelphia this year. And I'm not going to lie, the Philadelphia crowd, the Philadelphia fans, they, they did an absolute fantastic job. Let's get this mic back on. I'm not going to hold this mic anymore. There we go. Sorry for the static. So the NFL draft goes on, and it happens in Philly. I'm not going to lie, the Philly crowd did, did, did a superb job. You, you saw the energy from them. You saw the way that they, 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 they listen. Being a New Yorker and seeing how we've done the job all these years, I'm I'm proud that that somebody held up the standard of making sure that Roger Cadell and anything that he decided to highlight was 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 very aggressively booed, especially as the Philadelphia Eagles fan base is being trolled by 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 Cowboys and Red Sox fans one after another. Redskins fans, my apologies. So the, so the NFL draft goes on, and there's one thing and there's one thing that I absolutely noticed right away. That I do not want to whatsoever hear this conversation be talked about again about the black quarterback. Now that could be just based off this year alone, but I don't want to hear this black I don't want to hear this black quarterback being tied down to the system thing anymore. Because all we saw in this first round was black quarterbacks being all we saw, not even this first round, all we saw was black quarterbacks being taken. I mean, we're talking about the guy in Notre Dame. Notre Dame had a black quarterback. Tennessee had a black quarterback that was drafted. Kansas City, I think he's mixed, <laughs> had a black quarterback that was drafted. If I'm not mistaken, that's three out of the four top quarterbacks drafted this year. That's if I'm not mistaken. So I don't want to hear any more about it. You know, like we could, we could go out and we could thank them all. We could thank the Dante Culpepper's. We could, we could thank the Vince Young. We could, we could thank Michael Vick. We could thank ah oh, the guy that was in Philly, um, that, that used to play for Syracuse, Donovan McNabb. You know, we we could thank the Cam Newtons even. We could even thank the Russell Wilson for, for for being the professional that he is. To making sure that 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 that, that, that the way that black people were being highlighted. And, and, and being restricted from holding a quarterback position because they felt that we didn't we knew, we didn't hold the mental the, the mental the mental intellectual capacity to run quarterback and play a freaking sport was beyond us. 
It's because they didn't want us to be the number one, the, the highest paid position in the league. That's what they didn't want at the time. So we see, we see a bunch of guys go. And, and we talked about a, a bunch of these guys last year. I mean, last week. And, and these are guys that we're going to talk about. Like the Miles Garrett of the world, who he said it was, was, was projected to be the number one draft pick. Right? Or the projected number one best player in the league. And no doubt, they, they showed that. Out of all this talk that we had about quarterbacks this and quarterbacks that, you know, like I said, it, quarterback we just, we just kind of even talked about. What really ended up happening? Miles Garrett ended up going first. But let me not talk about quarterbacks like, like, like quarterbacks weren't moved for. Because the top three quarterbacks that went were all drafted for, or, or all traded up for, and that goes and, and, and that goes for the very number two pick, the guy that the guy that we were wondering like how did Mitchell Trubisky constantly keep on popping up in the talk when he hasn't done anything, and I mean absolutely anything. We had Mitchell Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky from North Carolina happens to go ahead of Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson that has been in two national championship games. So the Cle- so the Chicago Bears move up in the draft only like one spot to make sure that they get their pick in Mitchell Trubisky. Now some other names fell, right? And <laughs> some other names fell, and, and we were very 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 excited to see to see because remember there were some names that even as a Jets fan at number six that we were hoping to get. One of those names was, one of those names was Deshaun Jackson. And we thought, hey, if Deshaun Jackson is there, when we get ready to pick, let's see if we can get Deshaun Jackson. Well, Deshaun Jackson was there when we got ready to pick. And I told you, I'd be in a remote location, you're here in the barbershop. So if you hear that crying in the noise, that means that there's some little kid that's in the barbershop chair that is acting like this is his first haircut all over again. Yes, folks, that happens. Right, so... <laughs> Deshaun Jackson was available when the next guy, when the Jets got ready to pick, and they didn't pick him. So they didn't want the franchise quarterback per se. Also available was tight end, was the best tight end that we thought was in the game, in O.J. Howard. And he was available when the Knicks picked, I mean when the Jets picked, and the Jets also passed up on him. So they didn't want to add a tight end threat to who they had. But then when I told you that this guy O.J. Howard fell enough times that every single team that he passed to, I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> For real, have you over here sounding like Young Ma. I'm not a fan of that. Not a fan of that at all. Another guy that we thought uh, we had on our board, Jonathan Allen. And we were and we really, we gotta talk about these guys. We gotta talk about these guys a little bit later. Right? We thought Jonathan Allen may have been the guy for us, as, as we thought he was a culture changer for us, and he, and he and he could have brought something to the team that they didn't quite have. And we thought he was the best defensive player in the league. So listen, the Jets had a, had had some opportunities based off who we saw. Cause remember what I said, Deshaun Jackson, who we had read as the number one quarterback, he didn't get taken by the Jets, and he was available. Jamal Adams, who we had, I'm sorry, not Jamal, but Jonathan Adams, Jonathan Allen, who we had rated as the best defensive end, he didn't get picked by the Jets. He was there. And the best tight end on the board that was there didn't get picked by the Jets either. Who the Jets did end up picking up, though, was their best safety on the board. And listen, the strength of the strength is not bad at all. 
But the Jets didn't even get one safety. The Jets picked up two safeties. But we only worried about one, and that's Jamal Adams. As the Jets had... Listen, not only did the Jets have Jamal Adams ranked very high, there were some people that thought Jamal Adams may have been the best person on his... may have been the best player in this, in this draft. Some people. Outside of the Jets. And the Jets are very happy with their secondary, with their pick. And which, which very quickly shows that if the Jets happen to draft that high of a quarter, high of a safety, that means the safety that they had was probably going to be out the door. Then they drafted their second safety, and they knew prior days were numbered. So let's run through this, right? As, 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 as I said, there's a bunch of names that I, that I kind of wanted you guys to focus on. And we're gonna and we're gonna get all we're gonna try to touch as many of these names as possible. Y'all do realize that that JJ Watt's younger brother got drafted, right? As well as um, Kelly from Buffalo's son, Jim Kelly's son. Alrighty. So, and let's start with the quarterbacks, right? Unless, huh? Do you want to start with the quarterbacks? Let's start with the quarterback. Let's start with the quarterback, McComb. Because McComb is a quarterback that we didn't think that should have went before Deshaun Jackson. But he did. And he was traded up to, they traded up to the number, and Vincent Jackson. And this big guy Evans to Deshaun Jackson and Vincent Jackson and this big guy Evans and now so now you talk so listen you talk about Jackson you talking about that's 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 if that's if um that's if um that's that's if the that's if the big Jackson is still there when we talk about Deshaun so we talking about Jackson and Evans both on the corners you're talking about Deshaun Jackson streaking through the middle as your slot receiver. Right? And then you're talking about adding OG Howard also through the middle. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We're talking about a guy who's going to have some weapons. As long as that... And, and he already have a running game, I believe. So as long as... So... I'm going to have to check out Tampa Bay's record later on this year. Because depending on... Not the record, but their schedule. And based off who their schedule is... Tampa Bay is going to be a threat in that NFC. In a loaded NFC, they're going to be a threat. Which, listen, all they have to do is win their division. All they have to do is win their division. And once they win their division, they'll get into the playoffs, and it will stop the reign of Winston. So as we said, O.J. Howard, he fell and went to Tampa Bay. Jonathan Allen, the guy that we kind of thought was going to be a culture difference maker for us. He was drafted by another Alabama guy, by the way. <laughs> Alabama wasn't even the number one school to have drafts in this one. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. The number one school to have the most drafts this year. Is the guy that just left the NFL most recently to take a head coaching job in college. So the guy Jonathan Allen, the defensive end that we talked about as the, the best defensive end in the game, he ended up going to the Redskins. 
That's all I gotta say about that. I guess that's where the culture begins at. I don't know. I can't think of anything about the Redskins that says that. I mean, I mean, it's just I, I don't know enough about the Redskins. I don't, I, I don't, I can't say anything about the Redskins that says, hey, this is gonna help immediately and help you guys win the NFC East. Like, does this make? And, and, and we'll listen. We'll talk about these a little bit later as football season comes more around. But think about it for right now. Does this make does this make you think that Washington is better than the Giants? Does this make you think that the Washington Redskins will be better than the Cowboys? The only team that we may honestly say that the Washington Redskins should be better than with some kind of confidence maybe Philly. Maybe. Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams, the guy that was considered the best safety in the league, he fall, he goes to the Jets. And that's what the Jets pick. And you know what? Once again, there was a slew of names that I gave you last week that if the Jets picked up any one of these people, I am not upset with. So I'm not gonna, I'm not going to sit here and, and poo-poo on their pick. No, because the pick was a good pick. And you're talking about a safety. Some, and what was the Jets' number one thing? People throwing over the top of them. Granted, it's also because Darrell Rivas was there and he couldn't cover anybody anymore. But you know what? Some of that would have gotten negated if we would have had decent help over the top. And not one time did Pryor or any safety that we had back there show that they were competent enough to help in that secondary. So what happens? The New York Jets end up drafting, drafting this guy out of LSU. Jamal Adams. The second player to be drafted from LSU. Other one being Leonard Fournette. Who went to the Jaguars. Running back. To add to... That weapon of running backs, of Yates and whatever else they have there. That disappointing weapon of running backs that can never give you fully good full fantasy football numbers. Oh, man. Now, there are a couple of odd names, I guess, to work through. Right? Like the guy... Jerrion Conley. Jerrion Conley. The cornerback out of Ohio State. Why do we bring up General Jerrion Conley? Because Jerrion Conley is also the guy that was accused of rape right before the draft. He is drafted in the first round. The number 24 pick. To the Oakland Raiders. Now, the Oakland Raiders, from what I've heard, are probably going to do the right thing. They're going to sit him down. They're going to wait for this thing to to pan out. And once everything has been squared away, then he's going to properly take the field as long as no negative allegations were found. And your sample is too means that if you drink enough water to go pee. And your sample is too clear, then you can have a diluted sample. Let me turn this back home. I used to be in the military. And I may have talked about this last week, so bear with me. I was in the military. And in the military, they basically walk around with a piece of litmus paper. For, or they give you a litmus paper for you to check your pee. It's a color chart. And it runs through basically brown to, to clear as water. And it tells you, and based off of the color of your urine, it determines on if you're hydrated or not. So to be hydrated, 
Your piss has to come out clear. So then ask me, if you're running these guys through a combine, which trust me, working up a sweat will help will help do this. Right? If you're work if you're going through a combine, basically you're running through a crucible of events, basically a round robin of exercises. What did you need to keep yourself hydrated to make sure that you, yourself, and your limbs are at its peak maximum performance? Because you are being judged on your maximum performance. But at the same time, you want somebody to take a urine sample that may be diluted just for the simple fact that they are trying to keep them, their, their body hydrated so, it doesn't, so their body doesn't break down on them. But yet you can say that, you can sit back and say that, hey, you have drank too much water. You are too hydrated, so you have a diluted sample. I'm a little upset that Jamil Peppers fell that far because, to be honest with you, if, if any other team that needed a safety and he was rated as where, as where most people had him rated at, they should have took him a lot sooner because you understand the, proce- the, the process. You know what's going on. Like, like, like well, I was talking about the 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 horn the, 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 the horn Humpty and Canty show where. Even Canty was like, listen, you gotta, you guys have to be more responsible what you put into your body, but it's water. What am I supposed to do with water? So Jabril Peppers, he ends up being drafted 20, what did we say here? He ended up, he ended up, he ended up, he ends up getting drafted 25th, right behind his criminal counterpart, Per se, Jerrion Conley. Now, the very next questionable name on here was Caleb Brentley. Caleb Brentley. Now, thankfully, Caleb Brentley was not drafted. In the first round. For his despicable act. But now. Caleb Brentley. Was drafted overall. It was just. Much. 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 Later into the draft. Who is this Caleb Brentley that I want to talk. That we are talking about. Caleb Brentley. Is the individual. That punched a woman. In the face that lost her tooth. Caleb Brentley. So yes, he gets drafted and he ends up going to a team that is going to utilize. I honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't write down what team he went to. Didn't write it down. He's... To be honest with you, just forgot. <laughs> Like, let's be honest with you, like, I wrote down everybody else, and I, and I, and I didn't capture anything else on, on Caleb Brentley. So, so, those, so those are the draft. That's the draft for right now, as, as we're currently witnessing it. Right? Number one, Miles Garrett to Washington. Number two, Mitchell Trubisky, traded up for, to the Bears, as Jay Cutler doesn't look like he's going to be picked up by any team and he's looking for a broadcasting career. Why are everybody trying to take my job? And why is ESPN making my job out here harder by firing a hundred of their fucking employees? Like anybody isn't going to hire one of these former ESPN employees over me. Like, you know, they need to stop it. 
I'm sorry. I am not surprised that Danny Canelo was fired from ESPN. Just saying. So number one, Miles Garrett. Number two, Mitchell Trubisky. Number three, 49ers pick Solomon Thomas, the defensive end. Number four, the Jaguars pick Atlanta Fournette, the, um, the running back. Number five is Corey Davis. Western Michigan, he goes to the Titans. That's the pick they got from the LA Rams. And then, and then the Jets pick at number six with Jamal Adams. And there's some other notes been here, like the Giants getting them uh, over the top, very fast tight end um, to, to help them. Which, listen, I'm not going to lie. Part of me was hoping that O.J. Howard fell to, the, fell to the Giants as well. Because if he fell to the Giants, could you imagine Brandon Marshall, o, um, Odell Beckham? Um, who's the guy coming up this slot? Crap, 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 crap. But that the, the slot guy to go along with O.J. Howard. Right, we're, we're basically talking an older version <laughs> of what's going on in Tampa Bay, basically, right? Older Evans, older Jackson. No, I guess Evans and ODB is about the same age, just like how Jackson and it's like how it's like how Jackson and crap the wide receiver from the Jets last year. They used to play Brandon Marshall. They about the same age. The discrepancy is probably going to fall more. It's probably going to fall more again where you where you have the slot receivers and the tight ends at. We hiding in there. You are gonna be able to give us a run for our money. Even DeMar DeRozan said, "Listen, if you give me, show, give, I'll give you a hundred dollars. If a hundred dollars is anything for him, <laughs> but I'll give you a hundred dollars if you show me anybody that, that can stop LeBron James. What we got, what they gotta do, what they have to get better at doing is making sure that they can stop everybody else around him. And they're not doing that to their overall greatest capacity. As LeBron James is putting up forty something points in just fourteen shots. And for, you know, so." I don't, I don't see this. I don't see Toronto being a problem for Cleveland. So what happens is that we actually get a chance to talk about stop my music, right? We get a chance to talk about Washington and Boston, and we talked about Isaiah Thomas earlier in the show. Isaiah Thomas is. Incredible. Isaiah Thomas is also kind of lucky. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, B. So, so bear with me, right? I'm taking, I'm taking the mic up again. I think I'm going to move around this mic a little. So, so bear with me, right? Isaiah Thomas and the Boston Celtics are not here right now if... And I know nobody likes to play the iffy, the iffy games. Nobody likes to play the injury games. Nobody likes to play this. Because honestly with you, if Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving didn't get injured in the NBA playoffs two years ago, LeBron James would be going for his third straight title. Title. Not title appearance. Not finals appearance. But title. So, I know, I know to play this what-if game is always... A very, very, very touchy subject. But if Rajon Rondo doesn't go out, I'll say it again. I'll say it till I'm till I'm gray in the face because I can't turn blue. <laughs> so it's a black thing. <laughs> hold on, hold on. You know what I want. You know, you know what I want. See why you always do this, B? 
Hey, you know what I, you know what I was looking for right there. And yet, you, know, you got jokes. This is what happens when you're board operator and your online personality <laughs> and your on air personality function on two halves of the brain. <laughs> Same vessel. No, I'm trying. Nah, man. Like split. So, the Boston Celtics and Isaiah Thomas is very, is, is, is very, very lucky that they did not face a healthy Chicago team. Because I, I, I said it then, I'll say it again, and I'll say it again. They were sending them. Rajon Rondo was sending them. And you know what? I, 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 I kind of want to stick to the facts, right? I kind of want to stick to the facts. But they were getting schooled by Rajah Rondo, Dwayne Wade, and Jimmy Butler. Now, that's because that team, the team was, was, was well. You have a 6'3", 6'2", Rajah Rondo, something like 6'4", I believe. 6'4", Dwayne Wade to also orchestrate the pace and his knowledge. The 6'7", Jimmy Butler to go along with whomsoever. Right, because people forget when it all mattered. Like, because see, this is how far away we are from Rajah Rondo playing in those Boston days, right? This is how far we are away from them that we forget that Rajah Rondo, when motivated, when in his prime, when playing to his capacity, that Rajah Rondo is one of the triple double leaders in the league. We forget that when Rajah Rondo is playing up to his capacity, that Rajah Rondo is one of the best defensive point guards in the game. We forget that he has one of the best court visions in the game. So, when he talked to me about Rajah, when he talked to me about, about Boston Celtics and what's going on in there, yes, it is incredible. Isaiah Thomas is incredible. And I'm not going to say that John Wall, Mr. John Wall. <laughs> I'm not going to say that John Wall needs to step up a little bit more. Because John Wall is stepping up. So, John Wall is putting up his number. John Wall is putting up, like, John Wall is putting up 40. Unfortunately for him, Isaiah Thomas is putting up 50. Now, now I am going to tell you this. Luckily for Isaiah Thomas... He has two players that I think so help him out that it is undeniable. And that is Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart. Avery Bradley at six foot two, being able to take over and guard any single point guard and damn near any shooting guard that he needs to from the defensive end saves the five foot nine Isaiah Thomas from having to put in work defensively. The fact that Marcus Smart, the six foot four Marcus Smart, can guard everything from the shooting from the point guard over to the small forward also helps Isaiah Thomas. Because you know what Isaiah Thomas isn't doing? Isaiah Thomas isn't playing defense. What Isaiah Thomas is doing is that any time that you get an inactive player on your court, Isaiah Thomas is running to defend him. While his two boys are going to do work defensively. Listen, I'm not knocking the schematics. Because the schematics are working for him. You see what the schematics are doing. And the reason why I say he's lucky, because what happens is that at any point in time, let's say you play A.V. Bradley, 
and you're playing Marcus Smart, and you're playing Isaiah Thomas all at the same time, and Washington is coming through with what their team is, then they still don't have a chance because they are not taking advantage of Isaiah Thomas. John Wall is being bottled up by the A.V. Bradleys and the Marcus Smarts because, because, because Isaiah Thomas can't guard him. But also, I'm not sure if John Walker guard Isaiah Thomas either. And that has been kind of surprising to me. So, yeah, he's lucky. Like I said, you, he has guys, he has guys at any given time that can come in and really, and really, really play defense. Like, like the Jay Crowder, like, like the Gerald Greens of the world. So, I'm, 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 I'm going to be paying very close to the rest of this series, right? Because I need to find out what Isaiah Thomas... Because, you understand, in the very first initial shock of it, was probably the best time to take out Isaiah Thomas and this Boston team. This Boston team that we forget that finished first in the league, that finished first in the East, but we're not worried about them being in the Cleveland Cavaliers because LeBron James is... Well, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach because I'm the best player in the world. I have a huge basketball IQ. Lion King James, the best player in the galaxy. And nobody should ever be to be, should be able to beat him, whether it's on this planet, the next planet, this dimension, the third dimension, or the ninth dimension. I don't care how many timelines Barry messes up. LeBron James still should be the best player winning championships. Anything less than that is a disappointment. Mr. King. So... What I'm going to be paying attention to more than anything is to see how home cooking goes. Because there's always, there's, there's always, this happens almost every single playoffs, right? Whoever has home court advantage wins their first two games at home and we go bananas. Is this going to be a sweep? Is this team, should this team even be here? We still pointing out every single deficiency as if that team did not go through an 82 game grind to make it here to prove that they are one of the better eight teams in the, in the, in the well at this point in the league only eight teams left right so it, it, it becomes it becomes almost it, it almost becomes like this 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 song and dance show oh you go down 2-0 ah is it over is it this we 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 start the is we the with each other right is it over is it gonna go? Is it gonna go to six games? Is it gonna go to seven games? Is it gonna be a sweep? Is the stars for the opposite team gonna be able to do what's necessary to make sure that they can win on their home court? Because that's basically the question that we are left with right now as we look at John Wall and the Washington Bullets, Wizards, Bullets, Wizards, Bullets, Wizards, Bullets. <laughs> we we get a, we get a chance to ask ourselves this question because. I said that John Wall may need to do more, and I'm kind of curious, and, I, and I'm wondering how much more that he can do. Well, I know there's definitely something he can do more. He can close out these goddamn games. That's where he can start, because what I'm what I've seen for two straight games now is that the Washington Wizards have jumped out on an early lead over the Boston Celtics, and they haven't been able to maintain nan one of them. So for two straight games. They've had Boston up against the ropes, and they haven't been able to deliver the knockout blow. 
this is where the home cooking comes in. Because what we're going to assume here is that even that when Washington, when John Wall and his boys and his troops go up in Washington over the Boston Celtics, that they're not going to be re relinquishing those leads, especially not in Game 3. So what we're going to do is that we're going to hope to see, we're hoping to, we're hoping to see if Washington can make a series out of this. Because the way it's looking right now, the way it's looking right now, not only is Washington going to get easily beat by Boston, but Boston is going to get easily beat by Cleveland. For the same factors that I told you that, you know what? Boston may be the, may be a, the perfect matchup for a team like Washington that has that their two that their two primary scorers or a guy like John Wall and a guy like Bradley Beal because what that does is that it allows Bradley Beal and Jamal and, and John Wall to be easily guarded and negated by Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart very easily while Isaiah Thomas runs up or down the court and drops another 50 on their head. Now the difference is, when he goes against Cleveland, it's not the same thing. Because you know why? Kyrie Irving can guard Isaiah Thomas. But when Kyrie Irving can't guard Isaiah Thomas, whew, J.R. Smith is gonna go on Isaiah Thomas. And when J.R. Smith comes off Isaiah Thomas, they're gonna put Darren Williams on Isaiah Thomas. And when Darren Williams can't, can't go on Isaiah Thomas, Let's not forget about my boy, Mr. Mixtape. Mr. Mr. Mixtape. Mr. My wife is the dum 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 fever. Yes, that's his wife in that video. Let's not forget that he is highly motivated to keep that ass happy. But also, I mean, Shumper came into this league as a defensive stopper. He is not a defensive stopper and, 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 a, and, a, and a three and a corner three-point shooter. That's what that's what he has turned into. That's what he is at now. And you know what? Him alone. You understand? That New York combination of J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert alone is gonna be hard enough for Isaiah Thomas to get over. Because they're gonna hound him. And and, and now you add a Darren Williams onto that. They're gonna around they're gonna hound and harass this guy. And they're going to force everybody else to beat him. And then, I'm sorry, did I forget? And I didn't mean to forget. But after you throw Kyrie Irving on him for the first quarter, after you throw Darren Williams and J.R. Smith on him for the second quarter, after you throw J.R., after you throw Iman Shumpert on him, I'm sorry, let me back that up. After <laughs> you throw... Kyrie Irving on him for the first quarter. After you throw J.R. Smith on him for the second quarter. After you throw Darren Williams on him for the third quarter. And after you throw Iman Shumpert on him for the first nine minutes of the fourth quarter. Let's not forget who is still there lurking at six foot eight, 265 pounds of pure man muscle, less than 2% body fat. The king himself, <laughs> LeBron James gets to guard him for those last three minutes. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't see it happening. 
you know what? Say what you want. You can say what you want. You can say, you know what? I am not giving Isaiah Thomas enough credit. I am not giving Isaiah Thomas enough credit. You are not giving Isaiah Thomas enough credit. You know what? You may be right. But you're wrong. Because you're not thinking clearly. But you know what? I'm going to remind you. There's only one person Isaiah Thomas is slightly being, is being, is being compared to. And that is the great Allen Iverson. And as great as Allen Iverson was, as soon as they found somebody, as soon as they went up against another guard that can keep up with Allen Iverson, but that was just just athletic, and could keep up with his footwork, and was longer and taller than, and taller than him, then I'm sorry, didn't Philly fall in five or six to that Lakers team? So what is the difference between the five foot nine Isaiah Thomas and the six foot Allen Iverson. Because I'm pretty sure most people think Allen Iverson is better. So then, what's the difference between the Kobe Bryant and LeBron James guarding him? Where most people may say that at this stage of his career, that LeBron James is a better defender than Kobe was at this stage of his career. Because not let's not act like that when Kobe Bryant was going up against Allen Iverson in L.A. That Kobe Bryant was not always in the talks or runners for one of the top defenders in the league. Let's not forget that all those years, all those years, that Co that, Le that LeBron and them was going to, yeah, especially after they, especially after they lost Shaq and them. You forget. Right, when he had Derek Fisher, but Derek Fisher was too goddamn slow to guard any of the leading point guards in the league, and they had Kobe still guarding them. So, putting Kobe on the proper pedestal that we should be giving him from a defensive standpoint, and putting Allen Iverson on the pedestal that we're that we're putting them on, is it not comparable to say that? Listen, from six foot to six foot seven, when you're having matching athleticism and speed. That you gave Kobe the edge. So what happens when you have matching athleticism and speed when the person that now is guarding you is a whole foot taller than you? And could jump higher than you. That's the problem the Celtics are gonna have. That's the problem Isaiah Thomas is gonna run into. And that is the reason why they will not pass Cleveland. So when they ask me, well, what's going on in Boston and Isaiah Thomas? They're doing good for now. Because they haven't played the juggernauts. The Cleveland Juggernauts. I don't know how many nicknames I'm gonna I'm, I'm give this Cleveland team for 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 what they are. I want to call them the Cleveland Lions. I want to call them the Cleveland Juggernauts. I think I may just call them the Juggernauts and leave LeBron James the Lion, leading the Juggernauts. Whew. I know this has been a show, right? So as <laughs> we back up. Cause this is all just to be said because remember, we're still waiting for to show up because he needs that home cooking in Washington. If they don't get that home cooking, if they don't show up for game three of this NBA playoff series, then John Wall and them boys are gonna be are gonna go down. And 
this will be officially only one wall that we'll be talking about in D.C. from here on out. And that's the wall that President... What's that? What's his name? The wall that Donald Trump is trying to have built. Thank you, guys. That has been the show. That has been the first ever... How much are we... Oh, wait. We still got two more minutes. <laughs> we still got a few more minutes. We still got some more time in the show to give to you. I don't even know where I want to go. So let's so let's go with this let's go with this Camilla Anthony talk really quick, if we can even uh, touch here. But no, I don't want to talk Camilla Anthony because they're not in the playoffs. They're not in the playoffs. They're not about to make the playoffs. And the way they plan on rebuilding, I don't, I don't see them seeing the playoffs anytime soon. And uh, whatever Phil Jackson is doing over there is definitely to the detriment of Camilla Anthony. As now, based off of what James Dolan has done, James Dolan's con um Phil Jackson's contract is going to end the same exact time that. Camilla Anthony's contract ends. And if they're both a disappointment, then James Dolan gets to sit back and say, well, hey, it wasn't me. I got you the player. I got you the president. And I let them go to work. And that player didn't want to play for that president. And that president didn't want to, didn't, didn't want to adjust his philosophy to fit his team. So here goes something that I, that, that I played with last week, right? That if Camilla Anthony has to go, I don't mind him going to Boston. Because the Boston has the picks. Christoph Porzingis is in is still in Latvia doing whatever the hell he's doing. And the Golden State Warriors. Actually, no. Sorry. Let's back up while we still have time. This Houston Rockets game. I know we briefly talked about it, right? How Houston Rockets are now tied tied one one with San Antonio because San Antonio decided to put the claw on James Harden to, to keep him clamped up. Can I can I tell you that even with that, I'm not sure if San Antonio is going to win this series for the simple fact that Tony Parker went down injured. Did, did you guys see this? I think we did talk about this on the show. But Tony Parker went down injured, and I think that is big because we see how players have been managed lately, right? And we know how players have been managed lately. And there's no doubt that Tony Parker has been one of those players that has been managed as of late. Granted, and we see that because he, he was only averaging 10 points a game in the regular season. As we told you about Dwayne Wade, as we told you about Rajah Wando, as, as it is being played out in the public view, as LeBron James is also being scrutinized for it. Yes, yeah, every once in a while I do take it for LeBron James. Like every once in a while I take it for Donald Trump. Like he's the only president to ever come out and say that this job was, too, this job was a lot harder than he thought it would be. And then everybody exploded off of that. Come on, people. Now let's focus on like what's going on with the water in Flint. Let's go. Let's focus on him trying to repel Obamacare again. <laughs> like, like, like let's, let's go on. Let's, let's, let's go to say that Florida. Florida, after passing a medical marijuana bill, they say, you know what? You can have all the medical marijuana that you want. You can't smoke it. You can't ingest it. You can't vape it. Let me rephrase that. Let me, let me bring that back to you. Florida has passed a medical marijuana law, like saying that medical marijuana is now legal, but you can't smoke your medical marijuana, you can't vape your medical marijuana, and you can't have your medical marijuana in edibles, which posed the question from lawmakers with common sense, how do you inspect people to intake it? So now you can't smoke it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I smell something fishy. I smell Florida being the home to push the pharmaceutical 
marijuana pill. Trust, take me on those words. That's the Mighty Show podcast. The Mighty Show, the, the Mighty Sports podcast. I am your host, Tyler T. Taylor. I thank you for taking two hours out of your time to listen to me. I do appreciate it. As you always know, if you ever need to chat to me, we do have a way for you for us to, in, to interact on the Mixlr app. So anytime you have any questions or anything that you want to get off your chest, please feel free. I'm always checking this thing out. But next week, you'll catch me the same back channel and the same IT place. It'll be next week, Wednesday. We'll still be on Mixlr. We'll still be live. And if you want to push or listen to this later, go check me out on SoundCloud. Go check me out on... On, on TuneIn Radio. I'm, I'm everywhere you want to be. And, oh, let's not forget. Coming real soon. Coming real soon. Coming real soon. That is currently in the workings. MightySports.net. Where you're going to find everything related to Mighty Sports. Thank you for listening again. I am your host. This is Talon Taylor. This has been fun. Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down, lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. Bars closing down. Sun's out.